Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Napa, California with my new friend Don Bunnell of SwinkGuide.com. Don travels the world looking for luxury destinations to find the hotels with the best designs. Napa is known for its incredible wines, gourmet food, and astonishing beauty. And Don visited here to highlight the region's most architectural wineries. In this episode, Don and I talk about wine tasting and incredible wineries, relaxing in the hot springs, and taking cooking classes at the Culinary Institute of America. You'll hear about these three incredible attractions and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Northern California, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Napa. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Don, welcome to the show. Hey, Lee, thanks for having me. Today, we're talking about Napa, California. First off, I love wine, so that's going to be a great. <laughs> it's a great reason to talk about Napa. I do, I do too. <laughs> and two, my wife has been talking about going back to Napa because the first time we ever went, first and only time actually that we've ever been to Napa, she found out she was pregnant with our son about a week before we went. And so <laughs> she obviously didn't get to partake as much as she wanted to. And so now I get to learn all about Napa, all, the, all your tips. So that way, when we do go back, we can have like the best time possible. All right. Well, that's awesome. I've been... Uh... I've been three times, and um, yeah, every time I've been, I've I just love that area. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like the thing that's really impressed me, and we'll talk about the different wineries later on, is it's almost like the difference between going to the wineries in Southern California versus there is almost like going to Disneyland versus Disney World. There's so much <laughs> more space, and like the buildings are just they're just phenomenal. I, I love the architecture of them and everything like that. But what's your connection to Napa, and like what actually brought you there? I live in Seattle, so it's only, you know, a little bit over an hour flight down. What brought me there is I run a YouTube channel called The Swank Guide, S-W-A-N-K-G-U-I-D-E on YouTube. We've got a website and we focus on trying to help people find really cool, interesting design hotels. But as part of that, we also produce kind of what to do and like things to do in whatever areas that we cover. So I was down there. I was down there when I first got engaged, actually, like 20 years ago. It was a long time ago. Um, so I took a trip then, took another trip for business in my previous venture. Oh, that was like three years ago. And then uh, went down twice to cover uh, the six hotels that we make recommendations on. So, you know, for somebody who's not a local, I spent a fair amount of time. And I think when you're there reviewing hotels, you really kind of pay attention to what's going on around the hotels. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, so if you had to describe like the area or the people that you've interacted with in just a couple of words, how would you do that? Hmm. I, I think when you think about Napa, you got to think about Sonoma and Napa together. They're you know two valleys that run parallel. Um, there's just a kind of a small mountain range in between, but you can get you, know, you can drive from Napa to Sonoma in 15 minutes. So they're right there. And I think they're very, very different experiences. Napa is a lot more famous. 
almost everybody's heard about Napa. And you can see that. I mean, it's it's charming. And maybe may backing up for a second, if you think about Sonoma and Napa, it's an area that's got a lot of really charming towns in it. So, you know, I think one of the important things about traveling there is kind of figuring out maybe one or two towns you want to stay in. And then those experiences are very different. So Napa, because it's so famous, um, you're going to find that hotels and restaurants tend to be a lot more expensive, that there's a lot more tourists. Um, Yontville comes to mind as a really charming town in Napa, but it's got a little bit of a Disneyland feel like you were uh, <laughs> referring to before. You know, it's like literally bakeries with hour long lines because all the tourists have heard about this bakery. There's the French Laundry, which is like, you know, a Michelin star restaurant that people try to book months in advance. And I just remember staying in a hotel there and it looked so good on the website and it was like a thousand bucks a night. and It was so disappointing. I think that's Napa because it's so well known and there's so many people that want to go there that the area can charge a lot and you sometimes don't get what you're paying, what you, you know, what you thought you're going to pay for. So on the other hand, Sonoma is, I think, a lot more laid back Hotels are probably about half the price. Food's cheaper. It's less crowded, but maybe more beautiful in terms of just kind of the landscape and lots of wineries there, too. I mean, there's world class wineries in both Sonoma and Napa. So, um, yeah, if my best friend was going to that area, I'd say focus on Sonoma. It's just a lot more pleasant. There's less tourists. It's more genuine. It's just more down to earth. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think it's one of those things where you want to be able to kind of enjoy both because you can't go to that area and go, hey, did you go to Napa? No, I went to Sonoma instead. Like, right. So you, you got to be able to go to both and hit up some of the, like, your favorites, right? Or even find some new favorites because you're you're experiencing some of the new wineries and, and enjoying things. And, you know, whether you stay in one area or the other, I think since you're in that area, you got to be able to go to both. Now, speaking of that, if somebody's going to come to Napa and, and Sonoma, how do they get there? Do they fly right into that area or do they fly into San Francisco and then drive out there? Like, What's the best way to get there? Yeah. So if I were on the West Coast, I would fly directly into the Sonoma County Airport. I think it's also known as Charles Schultz Airport. This is fun fact. The guy behind Peanuts, uh, <laughs> Charlie Brown, uh, it was named after him. So there are direct flights from most West Coast cities right into that airport. And if you fly into there, you can get to almost any place you want to be in Sonoma or Napa within maybe 30 minutes. So that would be my recommendation if you're on the West Coast. If you're not on, oh, and by the way, if you fly in to that airport on Alaska Airlines, uh, they uh, will let you check a case of wine uh, when you leave with no charge. So a little bonus if you're on Alaska Airlines on the West Coast. Otherwise, you're going to fly into San Francisco International and drive up from there. And it's about an hour and a half drive. Um, It's beautiful. You get to go across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's not a bad drive at all. But um, if I was in the West Coast, I'd go into uh, the Sonoma County Airport. Now, obviously, I love uh, freebies and and stuff like that. So I'll I'll definitely take advantage of that Alaska benefit. Say we are actually flying directly into into the Sonoma Airport. From there, do we rent a car? Do we take an Uber or something? Or is it public transportation? Like, What's the best way to get around? Yeah, that's you know this is one of the places where I'd say renting a car is is a must. Sonoma Napa is a big area, so you're going to spend a fortune on Uber and Lyft um, if you want to go that way. Um, I, unless you're going to stay in one place and walk everywhere, which I think is basically impossible, then you're really going to need to rent a car. 
if you do rent a car, and I don't know if you've talked about this on your show before, but you know, one of the things I discovered recently was a, a service called Turo, T-U-R-O dot com. And that's basically a peer-to-peer car service where you basically are renting a car, not from a company, but from an individual. So it's kind of like Airbnb for cars. And what I love about that is in a lot of destinations, and this was in the case in Sonoma, they will bring the car to you. So you text them when you land and they're there, they hand you the keys and you drive off. So there's nothing about getting on a bus or, you know, waiting in long lines and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a much better way to rent a car. No, absolutely. That sounds great. I think renting a car is awesome in a a place like that because obviously you're one, maybe you're going to get some really nice cars versus like the Toyota Corolla or whatever you're getting from the, from Hertz. (laughs) Yeah. I got a Tesla. It was awesome. (laughs) Absolutely. There's that. And then also one thing to kind of remember though, is that you are going to be going from winery to winery and maybe you're on some unfamiliar roads, drinking a little bit, probably don't want to drive if you're going to be going between all the different wineries. I think you're probably going to want to get like a, go on a tour or get a driver for the day or something like that. Right. Totally. And, um, I I can't tell you off the name of, uh, off the top of my head, the name of, um, touring companies, but there's tons of touring companies in Sonoma and Napa, you know, either have a designated driver or maybe hopefully somebody in your group who doesn't drink or doesn't want to drink for the day or get, get on a tour, but yeah, do not drink and drive because the roads are super curvy. And it's just a bad idea, period. <laughs> no, absolutely. And then the same thing, like you know, maybe you're flying to San Francisco, you're there for business, or you want to explore San Francisco, and maybe you want to take like a, a day or two diversion up to the Napa and Sonoma area. Uh, they actually have tours that are just will leave from San Francisco that take you up to that area, to the wine region. You can enjoy it for a day or two and then come back. That's a great trip combining San Francisco with, um, with Sonoma and Napa. Now, if we if we're planning our trip out there, what time of year should we plan on visiting? As far as having some good weather, or maybe there's different festivals or other events that are going on. This is one of the few destinations where I'd say you can go just about any time of the year. You know, it's warm in the summer, but it's not super warm. You know, one of the reasons you can grow wine there is because it really cools down at night. I have been I'm trying to think. I've been three different times of the year, and the last time I went was in January. And I think there's a lot to be said for going in January because the hotels are literally half the price uh, what they would be like in October when it's harvest. And, you know, the days were 65 degrees and sunny and um, it got cool at night for sure. But yeah, I, I would, you know, strongly encourage folks to think about going like in the off season uh, when the weather is still really nice and you can pay a lot less and um, the wineries are less crowded. So that would be my pro tip for one to go. <laughs> for sure. And then again, I think no matter what time of year you go, you got to kind of dress in layers like you kind of alluded to there where it gets a little chillier at night. One thing to know that it's not like San Francisco, you know, San Francisco summer is almost like winter with the with the fog and the, the cold weather and, and stuff like that. It gets fairly warm there in the summertime. So during the day, it's a little hot. And then in the evening, you bring like a light jacket or something like that to make sure that you can stay cozy and enjoy yourself. For sure. And I would, yeah, it's, and maybe I said this already, but it does almost any time of the year, it's going to cool down a lot at night. Yeah, yeah. Now, as far as where we should stay, I know you kind of referenced maybe a little bit cheaper hotels in the area over in Sonoma versus Napa, but do you have some recommendations? I know you did the, a lot of different videos on some of the hotels there. Yeah, I mean, the way, so the way that was the Swank Guide works on YouTube is if you just go and you search it, you'll find our top six hotel recommendations for Sonoma and Napa. I think we've got I'm remembering correctly, four for Sonoma and two for Napa. And we so we've got a it's like a 10 minute video and it'll take you through basically 
one minute quick tour and review of each hotel. And then if you're interested in one of those specific hotels, then you can watch another like anywhere from five to 10 minute video that's kind of more in-depth kind of tour and review. So that's, um, like I said, we've got um, a couple of videos about best winery, best architectural wineries and best activities and things like that. So one of the things we try to do with our hotel recommendations is we recommend hotels at different price points. So we have hotels that are more budget friendly, kind of mid range and then high end. But one of the things I love to kind of show people is you don't have to spend tons of money to stay in a really cool place. And in fact, my favorite hotel in Sonoma and Napa was the lowest cost. And it's a, a place called the Auto Camp in Guernsville, uh, which is in Sonoma. And it's this beautiful it used to be an RV park and it's been redone in a redwood grove and next to close to a river. And they've got airstreams and kind of glamping tents and and then this beautiful central building that's got like an indoor outdoor fireplace and fire pits. It's just so well done and it's such a classy place. It's a really it's like it's like camping, but like super fancy camping and it's not that expensive. So that's a good option. The Harmon Guest House in Healdsburg would be one of my favorite hotels as well. Also not very expensive. I'd call it kind of mid-range. And Healdsburg is my, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you, is my favorite town. If you think of Sonoma and Napa, it's it's just beautiful, kind of picture postcard beautiful, but not in a Disney kind of way, if that makes sense. Great restaurants, great bars, beautiful town square, and you're just within five minutes of world-class wineries. Right on. Any other couple of suggestions that you'd recommend as far as like maybe a little bit higher end? Right. Again, outside of Healdsburg, there's a hotel called Montage, which is um, basically built in a vineyard. <laughs> this is super modern, super classy, high end place. There's, you know, everyone's got their own private decks with fire pits on them. So that's a really cool place. I really like that as well. There's a place called MacArthur Place, which is actually in Sonoma, the city of Sonoma. Also super high-end and classy, kind of outdoor shower, outdoor bathtub, really high-end furnishings, beautiful grounds. And the nice thing about that is you can walk into town and have dinner. So there's no driving. You know, if you stay there, you can kind of enjoy the town of Sonoma and not have to drive around too much. The montage is, is 10 minutes outside of town. Okay. Now, uh, I saw something else. Like there's uh, Dr. Wilkinson's that has like a hot springs. Yeah. And that was, um, you know, I'm just kind of steering people away from hotels and in Napa, but um, Dr. Wilkinson's, I think it's called Backyard Retreat or in, in Spa, is in um, Calistoga, which is in northern Napa. Tons of like really, really good wineries right in that area. And um, that place you can get for 150, 200 bucks a night in uh, kind of the off season. I'm sure it's a bit higher um, in you know, the fall when there's harvest. That's a super laid back kind of 50s style hotel that's been refurbished. So the rooms are very nice and up to date, but it still has that kind of mid-century vibe to it. And you're right downtown. And so you can walk to restaurants and that's, a, that's a, probably the most laid back town, I would say, in Napa. So that might be a good option for folks um, if they want to stay in Napa. That's awesome. So speaking of doing that, let's talk about some of the wineries that you suggest uh, we visit while we're there. I have a, a, a deep interest in architecture and design. I actually, in my mid-40s, took a year off and went to architecture school just as well, I was going to be a second career and then decided I was too old to be a student again. But <laughs> <laughs> So my bent is like pretty modern architecture. And I was like looking for the most architectural wineries in Sonoma and Napa. And so we've got a video on that too. 
but uh, that was kind of the lens I was looking through. I, I had some fan- fantastic wines as well. But I would say of the maybe six or seven wineries that I visited, um, the ones that, that come to mind, um, there's one called Quintessa, which is right outside St. Helena. So that's in Napa. And I would say they probably had the best architecture of any of the wineries. It was a super cool place. Another one in Napa, not too far from Quintessa, is called Hall Wines. And that was, it's a bigger winery, but they've got probably one of the best art collections of any um, winery I've ever seen. Um, so, you know, if you're into art and design, it's like you get to have some great wine, look at some great art, beautiful landscape and and beautiful architecture all at the same time. So that was that was a highlight for me. And then there's another one called Cade Estate, C-A-D-E. Also great architecture, but up on a hill. I'm forgetting kind of the name of the area, but you could see for miles and it was just such a beautiful setting. Yeah, I'm imagining it right now because I remember the last time we went, and that was almost 12 years ago now. Uh, it was just remarkable how beautiful the whole scenery is. I actually got married in like the Santa Barbara area for, at a winery, and so it's just it brings back all these like really cool emotions and, and memories. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah, I mean it's like winery's one of my favorite. <laughs> Favorite places to go. <laughs> well, well, a couple of the cool, like, kind of experience situations I saw, as far as the, that it's mixing the wine and experiences, is they have like the Napa Valley Wine Train, and they also have like hot balloon air rides, you know, that you can do as well around the wineries. The, did you experience either one of those? We drove past the train, but I did not get on it, and I did not do the hot air balloons, but I did see them. That looks super fun. It would, that would be uh, one of the things on my list if I was going back. Sure, sure. Now, now, one of the things, like, obviously not every listener is, like, into wine or maybe they just don't drink at all. A couple of cool things that I, I you know, even in, like, the Santa Barbara area is a lot of, like, the local businesses do, like, olive tasting, olive oil tasting, and some other different things. Uh, did you get a chance to experience any of those? No, I, I, it's, uh, you know, when I'm doing hotel retours and reviews, I mean, it's, I'm super busy. So it's like, it, that takes up so much of my time. So I, I didn't have time to do things like that. Um, but we did have some time to do, I think some like non winery type activities. And like some of the things that I would suggest, um, if you're not into wine, uh, is there's some great hiking in the area. So, um, there's a redwood forest, um, that's right outside Guerneville, you know, and the, there's a national park in Northern California, the redwoods, but that's I think a good two to three or maybe even four hours north of Sonoma and Napa. So you don't have time to go up there. This is a really good alternative. I mean, there are 500-year-old redwoods in that forest, and it is gorgeous. So that's um, an easy thing to do, and it's like a, it's free. So I would highly recommend uh, the Armstrong Redwood, I think State Park is what it's called. In Sonoma, there's a, a lake. So I think it's called Lake Sonoma. We did a hike around that. That was gorgeous. And I think you can do some – you could probably rent a boat there as well. Uh, we didn't do that, but there, that's some other activities. And and then I think uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't think about is you can go out to the coast. So if you're in Sonoma and Guerneville, if you're in Guerneville, uh, which is still wine country, you're only 20 minutes from the coast. Um, if you're in Napa, you're probably at least a good 45 minutes to an hour out to the coast. But the coastal drive in Sonoma is as pretty as Big Sur and, you know, the, that part of kind of central California, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Sure, sure. So that's really pretty. There's a hotel out there, the Timber Cove Resort, and that's a beautiful kind of mid-century. You almost feel like you're back in, you know, one of those old lodges that you'd see in a national park. 
but it's been updated. So the rooms are really kind of modern and clean, but you still have that rustic feeling that you would like in an old kind of national park lodge. And it's right on the coast with gorgeous views on cliff. You know, there's cliffs around you and, and just gorgeous views out to the Pacific. If you don't want to just do wine tasting, I would suggest you know, just spending a day or two out there as well, just to see another part of California and kind of another aspect to that area. For sure. Now, a couple of other things you can do when you're visiting Napa, like that I was doing a little research on, there's the Napa Valley Museum, uh, which talks about like kind of the history of how it becomes such a great area for, for wine. There's the Napa Art Walk. They have a kind of a rotating installation of all different uh, local artists. I thought that was really cool. And then my wife's like a really good foodie, you know, and we'll talk about a couple of restaurant suggestions here in a minute. But one of the things I think is really cool, if somebody's really into food and loves to cook, there's the actual, the, the Culinary Institute of America, where you can actually take classes with a private chef and learn to make some of like just really amazing dishes that are beyond like the normal stuff you're going to cook at home on, on a regular meal. So I, I think those are really cool experiences that obviously food ties into the whole wine uh, situation and experience. So you can do something that's kind of like that ancillary, a complimentary type of activity. Totally. Yeah. And we, we stopped by the Culinary Institute and you, you know, you can just walk in there. It's a beautiful old building and you're right. There's like cooking classes and stuff like that. A really great cooking shop if you're into like cookware and things like that. And that's just outside of Calistoga. So if you know, you're thinking about using Calistoga as a base, I, w- I would totally suggest going by there. Yeah. And then food is like, it's a foodie paradise for sure. And I'm not a food critic or a food reviewer, but I had a lot of good food when I was there. And I think, you know, when people think about wineries, don't forget that a lot of wineries have restaurants and, um, you know, we had some great meals. Probably the best meals I had were at wineries. Uh, you know, we, we were pretty purposeful about booking ahead. And that's another thing you need to be conscious of if you do want to do wineries that the popular ones and certainly all the ones that we have on our guide you probably should book a few weeks in advance and a lot of those you can eat at a couple that come to mind is the um, silver oaks winery in alexander valley and i say alexander alexander valley because there's two silver oaks uh, wineries owned by the same company but the one in alexander valley has a really nice restaurant we had lunch there and just a gorgeous setting great architecture good wine yeah it doesn't get much better than that Especially, especially because they're they're pairing, they know all the flavors of the wine, and they can actually pair it with the meals, and they just enhances the value and enhances the experiences so much. Totally, and it's like for me, it's like, and maybe this is peculiar to me. I mean, like you know, if I'm going to do fine dining, the food is of course very important, but to me, so is the ambiance and the architecture and kind of the whole experience. And um, these kind of wineries know how to do it right. There was another one, Prisoner Wine Company, outside of Yontville. They had some really nice wine, but they have a kitchen there as well. And like great wine tasting plus food pairing kind of thing. And another one uh, called Ashes and Diamonds. So Ashes like in a fire and Diamonds like the rock. That's also in Napa, in southern Napa. And um, we had lunch there one day. And that was that was really a memorable experience. Again, great modern architecture, good wine, and really nice food. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Don, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. Uh, like I said, I, I owe my wife a, a return trip to Napa. And, and with all your tips, we're going to go back and have a really great experience. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited the, the Napa area, where should they go and what should they eat? 
I would, again, base myself in Healdsburg, and I'm going to give you a recommendation for a restaurant in Healdsburg that we went to, which I really enjoyed, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because we went with friends of friends, and our friends of our friends own a winery in Healdsburg, so they're real locals, and they understand fine dining. So the name of that restaurant is called Ballette, B-A-L-E-T-T-E, and we um, they have indoor and outdoor dining. Just really, really pleasant place. And like I said, locals who know a lot about good food and good wine uh, recommended it. So that would be one of the places. And then it's kind of fine dining, but and then on the other end, also outside of Healdsburg, maybe five minutes outside of Healdsburg, is the Dry Creek General Store. And that's like gourmet sandwiches, but that's where you go for lunch and it's casual and you know, the sandwich is probably eight, 10 bucks. So it's um, definitely not a, an expensive meal, but it's kind of like in this old barn across from like beautiful vineyards. There's picnic tables, you can sit on the, on the deck there. And I think that's like a great place to just have a really casual lunch. Oh, that's awesome. Both of those sound like great recommendations. Like, do you have any like uh, recommendations as far as what to order at either one of those spots? Ooh, it's been a minute since I've been there. Uh, Poor Valet, I think I had steak and it was really nice. And at the uh, Dry Creek General Store, they've got great sandwiches, quiches, salads, stuff like that. Oh, fantastic. Now, uh, obviously you've been back there three different times. What's one of your most memorable stories of being there? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna kind of repeat myself a little bit. I think my favorite part of of all the trips I've been on, uh, ironically enough, is the trip out to the coast. I just thought it was so beautiful. I didn't even realize there was this kind of stunning coast right there. And this day at the Timber Cove Lodge was just really fun. It was super relaxing, got to do some hiking and just, um, it was a nice break from the wineries. I love the wineries, I do, but I mean, you can only take so much. <laughs> no, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta like let the liver uh, recover a little bit, you know. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, hurting your liver, where's the happiest happy hour in Napa? That one's easy. The Harmon Guest House, uh, and I and I spoke about that earlier. One of my favorite hotels in uh, Sonoma um, has a great rooftop bar. So um, beautiful views, kind of down to the city, but you can see out to the hills as well. And it's just like super classy, kind of. I think the place to see and be seen in Hillsburg. But uh, yeah, I love that venue. Wow, that's awesome. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is like I check out the local pizza and. Yeah, maybe it's a little blasphemy, you know, uh, <laughs> eating pizza with, with wine. Uh, but sometimes that's also, you know, I mean, that's what you do in Italy, right? Like you get a nice bottle of wine and you get your pizza and, and you uh, find a perfect place to sit down and enjoy yourself. So, you know, I'm going to go with that. There's nothing wrong with the Italians do it. I don't think it's that <laughs> caveman-like. <laughs> pizza and wine? No, that sounds good to me. I'm going to defer to our friends of friends who own the winery in Healdsburg, and their go-to is uh, called Campo Fina, C-A-M-P-O Fina, F-I-N-A, also in Healdsburg, but that's authentic kind of wood-fired pizza. That's what they recommend as a go-to place in that area. Now, obviously, with all your travels in Napa, as well as all the other destinations that you've covered on your YouTube channel, you must have amassed some some great travel tips that's really helped you out. What's one of your best? (laughs) How to sneak into business class. Uh, <laughs> how you do that, There's uh, you can probably speak more authoritatively about that than I can, but I always try to figure out a way to get upgraded. And so I'm pretty sensitive about like getting, you know, staying on airlines where I have some 
points and some recognition by the airline or like using, you know, some travel sites that I use to get discounted business class because I'm just a little bit too old to uh, want to fly economy when I'm going, you know, for domestic it's fine and domestic first class kind of sucks anyway. But if you're going international, um, I always try to figure out a way to go business class. So it's a combination of using points or using some discounted business class sites. And I've got like a range of those that I use sometimes. No, no, absolutely. Once you've gone business class on an international flight, it's very hard to go back to, to economy, you know? For sure. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, Don, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for Napa and Sonoma. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, my ba- I'm really kind of an entrepreneur. My early career was in uh, sustainable energy, and I um, was actually in China for, ooh, how long was I in China? 17 years? There, mostly in the energy industry, and started my own company and built that for about 10 years and sold it. Took a detour to Australia to study architecture in my early 40s, as I kind of referred to earlier. Started a sustainable building company here in Seattle about six years ago, and we merged with another company last year. And that was an opportunity for me to kind of step out of management. I'm just on the board of that and do something that just kind of ignited my passions around travel and kind of design and architecture. So that's why I started the Swank Guide. I always was frustrated that tour books and reviews and things like that were mostly on websites. And, you know, about 30% of the time I got to a hotel and I was really disappointed. And I'm like, why isn't there a video review site for hotels? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, I'll start one. So that's how the Swank Guide got started. And, um, you know, again, it's not just high-end hotels. We definitely do those. But it's just, um, you know, I do believe that you can find a fantastic place to stay regardless of what your budget is. Absolutely. And it's all about getting the right value, right? There's like Sometimes you you can spend a lot to get a lot, and sometimes you can spend a little to to have just a, a wonderful experience. And especially at some of these boutique properties that you that you cover, for sure. And it's just like you know, it's 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 a weird product, right? Because almost everything else you buy, you can like go see it or try it on or test it out before you buy it. Or even if it's horrible, you can like send it back. But with a hotel. You just flew halfway around the world. You just dropped 2000 bucks to stay at this place. And you're not happy. What are you going to do about it? They're not going to give you your money back. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> it's good for people to know what they're getting into before they take that trip. Absolutely. Well, well, again, Don, appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Uh, if somebody has questions about the Swink Guide or about Napa, uh, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Uh, you just go to our website, uh, www.sawankguide.com, and there's a email address uh, in the contact section. It's an info at, but um, I'm the one that gets those. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all these in the show notes. And Don, it was a pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. All right. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate talking to you. What a fun conversation with Don. Since Anna wasn't able to sample the wines the last time we visited Napa because she just became pregnant, I owe her a trip back to this amazing destination. And with Dawn's tips, now I know where to take her. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Napa. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limit time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we visit Jupiter, Florida, to speak with my new friend Amy Gilbride of thefloridatravelgirl.com. In this episode, Amy and I talk about scuba diving at the Jupiter Rec Trek, seeing a spring baseball game at Roger Dean Stadium, 
and seeing the turtles at Loggerhead Marine Life Center. We hope to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Final call. Passengers must go immediately to gate number eight.